Hi, I'm Ren. I'm Sam. I'm Tosh. And, and we're, we're the, the T Swift, Swift Sisters. sisters. Welcome back to the T-Swift Sisters podcast, a Taylor Swift fan podcast for Swifties by Swifties. In today's episode, we're talking the big week for Swifties. It's going to be crazy. Taylor and Super Bowl 58. And we have a super special interview with a super sweet Swiftie behind the amazing account that helps ticket get tickets into the hands of fans. Era's resale, Jaina. Here's this week's Swift Scoop. All right. So if you've been following Taylor Swift, which I totally hope that you are if you're listening to this podcast, but also it's totally cool if you're not because it's our job to tell you what's going on in the Swift world. It is a huge week for Swifties, for Taylor Swift, for everybody that's involved. Let's dive right in. We have this weekend, Sunday, February 4th is the Grammys. Taylor's nominated for six Grammy Awards. She is not performing. It was confirmed today, probably by Tree, but she's not performing. So don't expect to see her perform, but you can expect her to see, you can expect to see her walk the red carpet, hopefully pick up some Grammys, at least one, hopefully all six would be absolutely iconic. But if you want to hear more about what she's nominated for, what's going to go down at the Grammys, listen to last week's episode, season two, episode 16. So you can get all of the info on that. Sammy did an amazing job breaking down the Grammys for us. And we love her for that. And then after that, just three days after the Grammys, Era's tour is finally back. I cannot believe that Taylor is about to kick off the International Era's tour. Starting on Wednesday, February 7th, she will be in Tokyo. She takes the Era's tour to Tokyo. And it's a little bit maybe like not confusing is the right word, but like it's not going to happen in the times that we know, right? Because Taylor's not here. So Sammy and I were talking about it a little before this episode, but when the show starts at 6 p.m. or like however things start off at 6 p.m., it will be 4 a.m. Eastern time. So every morning that you wake up and like start your day, the Eras tour will likely be either about to end or wrapping up for the day. Yeah. So we will have all the information, you know, in the morning as it comes. That being said, our episodes do release on Wednesdays. So I would love to tell you guys that we'd have all the content on the Eras Tour first show in Tokyo next week, but it won't be until the following week because we actually record on Monday evenings. So we'll have a whole little lowdown for you on what went down the following week. And it'll be great because we'll also be recapping the Super Bowl. So amazing. If anything happens, though, with like rep or big or crazy, that'll be on our social media, which is a great opportunity for you guys to follow because that's where we share news in real time. But if you can't just wait until the next episode and we will have everything for you. And speaking of Super Bowl, Taylor is heading to her first Super Bowl. I feel like such a proud football mom. I am like so ready. I feel bad because I a little bit dumped my team, but like we didn't make it this year. So it's fine. I am full throttle Kansas City Chiefs fan right now. Like give me all of the Chiefs gear, maybe not repping like a Travis Kelsey jersey, but if it was like a Taylor Swift 1989 jersey that was red in Kansas City, I'd probably be wearing it. So with that, let's talk about some of the fun stuff that's happening with the Super Bowl. Sammy, do you want to take it away? 
Yeah. So aside from fans preparing for the Super Bowl, for the Super Bowl, we also have um, airline industries going full throttle for flights, taking fans, both Swifties and football fans, to Vegas for Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and big thing, they're using our play-ons and our you know language to name their flights. So United Airlines has made Flight 1989, Flight 2287, and Flight 1587, which is amazing. Love them for that. I love that they're speaking our language and really appealing to us Swifties as well, which is totally cool. Um, and American Airlines has also hopped on the trend and made flight 1989 and flight 87. Um, going back to United, I think it's funny that they directly said that it's an ode to their favorite Chiefs power couple because there's a lot. There's a lot loaded in that, but they're really appealing to us Swifties. And I just want to know your thoughts. Like, are we expecting a lot of Swifties to catch flights to Vegas? Are we thinking that it's more than just airlines that are going to be, you know, paying attention to the Swifties and giving us content, especially with commercials for Super Bowl? Like, what are we thinking? This is huge. It absolutely is huge. And I want to just go back to the United flight and the numbers because I'm reading them on the screen and I was like a little bit confused at first. So I want to really break them down so we know like what they are, because obviously we have flight 1989. Everybody knows what that is. You don't have to be a Swifty or a Kansas City Chiefs fan to know the iconic year that gave us both literally Travis and Taylor. 2287, that one like it stumped me for a second I was like hold on what's going on here but 87 Travis Kelsey's number 22 Taylor Swift 22 got it 1587 I was like okay wait that's but you also mentioned uh iconic Kansas City Chiefs like power couples but it could totally also be the iconic Kansas City Chief power couple of Patrick Mahomes who is number 15 and Travis Kelsey Nine, uh, number 87 so I love that because it, it could be both ways yeah I know like Swifties were probably thinking like 15 her iconic song 15 but that one was a shout out to Patrick and Travis specifically so we got a lot of power couples like going on here not just Taylor and Travis you know there's the OGs mm-hmm. um so I, I love that this is happening, but I'm just thinking of how big this is for airlines to be, you know, giving attention to the Swifty fandom, something as big as naming flights and creating additional flights and naming them, you know, after things that are Swifty related, like who else is going to hop on board with this trend? Yeah. Right. Um, what's it going to say? I was today years old when I found out that airlines actually numbered, like they chose the number that the flight is. I thought it was like written on the plane. I thought it was just always (laughs) like, like computer automated. I don't know. Like flight no se que is always flight no se que. Like I didn't know that it was, it could be anything else. Yeah. I was today years old when I found out about that. And I was like... (laughs) the swift effect that's your favorite term (laughs) i was like yes i think that we're probably gonna get some some commercials like i'm i'm gonna assume at least one commercial but they're gonna be i feel like it has to be low production because these super bowl commercials take so much time to like produce to film to do all of this stuff and like unless i mean 
we've talked about it before, you know, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, like there is almost guaranteed that they're going to be in the Super Bowl. So some people could have made these commercials, like hoping that this was going to happen and they have them like laying around. I think there's definitely going to be a lot of coverage. Obviously, there there's already been today all over social media if Taylor Swift is going to make it to the game and the math and how she could do it. I'm like, hello, did you not just listen to our podcast last week when we broke it down how Taylor would be at the game because of her schedule? But I definitely think we're going to see a lot of the Taylor Swift effect, probably not as much as like when she first got involved in the NFL because we do still have those awful dads, brads, and chads, but they're going to definitely bring her into the narrative because the female viewership of the games have gone up so much as a direct result of Taylor that they're going to give us what we need. Like we're tuning in to see our girl and they're going to feed us for mm-hmm. sure. Right. It's miserable. Everybody's got to eat, you know, <laughs> giving more than crumbs. <laughs> I think too, what's insane is like, we thought it was a big deal when like cities were changing their names for Eras tour. And like, that seems like the most like over the top, like iconic thing that could happen. But I feel like the airline is like another step because it's like Taylor Swift is not playing in the Super Bowl. So the fact that like, she's still involved in these airline numbers or like flight names whatever they are like is is pretty iconic like it's insane <laughs> right yeah. she's literally involved in the path from getting you from your hometown to vegas for the sake of the super bowl right they they put taylor swift in the middle of that and that's amazing i can yeah. just picture like the pilot like you know like shh, welcome to flight 1989 like are they gonna like like do a little pun are they gonna like you um, know <laughs> I think with the Super Bowl commercials, like it doesn't have to be full on like Swifty. We might get like an innuendo here and yes. there. Yep. Maybe, I don't know, a chip commercial is going to feature the dads, brads and chads, you know, just a little nod to everything that's been going on um, this football season that's Taylor related. And I'm ready for it. Absolutely. And I think too, like obviously the Super Bowl is a huge game, an absolutely huge game. The Bills-Chiefs game, which is a game that was last weekend that sent the Chiefs to the AFC Championship, which just happened this past weekend, they had snacks at the stadium named after Taylor. So I'm sure we can expect the same thing in Vegas. We'll see a lot of that. We'll see a lot of like rip-off merch outside the stadium (laughs) for sure. That's going to be like Tavis Nation merch, you know, something like Eras Tour meets Travis, Kelsey, Kansas City, you know, we're going to see a lot of that in terms of Swifties catching flights to the game. I don't know how much like how many would actually do it just because the game itself is so expensive and it looks like Kansas City to LA flights are either not uh, to Vegas, sorry, are not super common in which that they had to add more flights. So that means the cost of the flight is probably super expensive. Then staying in Vegas, absolutely ridiculous. And then tickets to the game alone, Upper Bowl at the Super Bowl goes for $5,000 on a, on the low end per ticket. So That's like, insane. yeah, if there's any Swifty who's listening to this and like you're a diehard Chiefs fan and you got to do it, you got to do it. But I just want to say, if you're a diehard Swifty and you're not a diehard Chiefs fan, you're just a Chiefs fan, 
save those $5,000 and go to the Eras tour again. Mm -hmm. Like that is a better experience in my opinion. If you want the Taylor Swift of it all. Right. Like not to this extreme, but it's kind of giving a little bit of our Eras experience, like finding the flight, finding the means to get there. Obviously a different level of, you know, uh, attainable or (laughs) unattainable, but Still, I think that it, it it would take a lot of effort, but I'm I'm feeling the era's vibe of this. Like maybe we'll see some restaurants nearby participating in something on theme uh, for the day, and yeah, I'm excited to see what comes of it. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely like there's definitely gonna be Taylor Swift vibes, but I think why I said like if you're a bigger Swifty than football fan, keep your cash. Because at the end of the day, like Taylor is going to be there, but she's going to be in a box. So like, good luck getting a seat by the box if you want to see her slash like you're not going to be what you're going to be watching the game versus the coverage that we're going to be seeing. So like when Travis Kelsey scores, we're going to see that camera cut away to Taylor and her reaction. If you're at the game, you're it's really unlikely that you're not going to see that. So it's just like, it depends on what you're more of a fan of, because like I said, if you're a huge diehard Kansas City fan, a huge Swifty, and you can make it happen, if it was my team, I would probably do what I had to do to be there because it's the Super Bowl and it's just like a once in a lifetime experience truly. But if you're on the fence, I'm going to say stay home, Mm -hmm. you know, do the Super Bowl at home thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, especially if it's like just to be in the same location as Taylor, because like you can get that and more going to Eras tour mm-hmm. for cheaper, probably. So, well, if it's if it's a, a, a normal, <laughs> you know, definitely something to think about because, of course, as we've discussed before, something that happens when big brands and big companies get involved. You know, a whole airline trying to attract Swifties by giving these plans. Some people may, you know, feel more obliged to participate, but don't feel the pressure of, you know, paying crazy prices. If it doesn't happen, it you know, we're all going to see it on TV. Don't worry. Like, this isn't the Swifty event. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is the Swifty week, though. Like, if you're going to be a Swifty any week of the year... This is the time to do it because of everything that's going on slash hopefully we get like our reputation announcement that we've been all clowning for. It's supposed to be February 10th is the clowning date, right? And February (laughs) 11th is the Super Bowl. So like I said, Swifties are going to be full this week. We're leaving no crumbs. We are (laughs) not going to be any type of hunger. We are going to have it all. Booked and busy. (laughs) I love to see it from Taylor. I love to see it for us. It's amazing for our pod because we have so much to share with you guys and so much to talk about. It's just going to be like an iconic week, really. <laughs> but going back to the cost of like whether or not the Eras Tour is the same price as the Super Bowl ticket definitely depends on when you get the like if you're shopping resale and when you purchase it because there are for sure some tickets or some people who think oh yeah that they can sell their tickets for more than a Super Bowl ticket but what I was getting at is that it's an absolutely amazing segue into our special guest this week who helps Swifties get tickets at face value prices through Twitter so I just want to you know 
Welcome, Jaina, to the pod, and we will get started with the interview when we return. We have Jaina from Eras Resale on Twitter. If you are a Twitter Swifty, then you know just how much she does for the Swifty community, always putting in literally the most work to make sure that Swifties get their hands on tickets fair, like avoiding the bots, all of it. So I'm so glad to share with you guys that we have Jaina on to tell us all about her page and how things got started. And let's just let's go for it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here and to to get to talk a bit about my account. Tell us your favorite Taylor Swift era, how long you've been a Swifty, what made you a Swifty, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So the, my, my favorite era, like aesthetics wise has always been lover. I love the pastels and the pretty colors and I like the music as well, but musically it used to be red, but now I've been on such a speak now Taylor's version kick. Like that's like all I've been listening to. So I feel like that probably has taken the cake as of recently. Um, and then the story on kind of how I became a Swifty. So my best friend since middle school is like the biggest Swifty I know. Um, I'd always been a casual listener because of her. Um, but I didn't consider myself really like a Swifty. Um, and then as time goes on and I start listening to her more, I was I, I started like listening to her a lot uh, around 2019-ish. Um, after, especially after Lover came out. Um, I really got into that. And and so I just kind of started listening to her, her whole discography. And then I got really invested in it when I started trying to get me and my friend um, Eris tour tickets because we were both waitlisted everywhere we <laughs> wanted to go. This was her first time that she was that we were going to be going together because she would typically go to all of Taylor Swift's tour with a different friend of ours. But then mm-hmm. we stopped being friends with her. So this was really going to be our first time like going together. And of course we were waitlisted everywhere. So I was like, okay, I am going to get us these tickets. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. So. <laughs> that's and you did it. it. Yes, I, <laughs> okay. I did. I, I got us, I got us tickets to, we were at Cincinnati night two, which is the one that we were trying for anyway. So it worked out very well. <laughs> Yay. That's awesome. So tell us, I guess that kind of might be where like your page started. Yep. Yeah. So after, so pretty much is like, so when we got waitlisted everywhere and didn't get tickets and, you know, we, we tried the Capital One sale because I have a Capital One card that didn't work either. We were pretty much like, okay, I guess we're out of luck. So mm-hmm. for a while, I just was just kind of bummed about it. And then I started joining all these Facebook groups. I was looking on Twitter. Like I hadn't used Twitter regularly since like, oh gosh, maybe like 2016 or 2017. Like I, I was really active on Twitter when I was in high school. And then when I graduated high school in 2015, I was on it a little bit after, and then I pretty much stopped using it. So I started, I, I, I started using Twitter again to try and look for tickets. I was following, you know, some of the, the original accounts like Aeros Tour Resell. Um, and, you know, I was trying for that and I was in all the Facebook groups and there was one Facebook group that I was in that had like the chat feature turned on. So there was like a giant group chat for that group on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I, 
every time like someone would message in there like, hey, I have tickets for sale. I mean, nine out of 10, probably not even that, like 99 out of 100 times they were scammers. Yeah. But if they yeah, yeah. And if they said, you know, Cincinnati, I would I would entertain it just to see. And like at the same time, I was messaging like everyone on Twitter that was saying they had tickets, everyone on Facebook that was saying they had tickets. All of them were scammers. But then one day this guy appears and he's like, hey, I have two Cincinnati tickets. And again, since I, I the guy was using a very clearly fake profile, like it was <laughs> brand new. It had no friends like the profile. That's when like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this has to be fake. So I, you know, I, I message him privately and I'm like, hey, like, can I have a screen recording? And he sends me a screen recording. And at this point, I'd seen like hundreds of scam videos. So I looked at it and I was like, this doesn't have any red flags. Like, this looks real. What? Like, I was like, there's no way. So then I had him pretend to transfer me the tickets where I was like, okay, go, go trans, go click the transfer button, but enter, you know, my name, Jaina, into every box just so I can kind of see if, you know, see if I missed something and he did that and he went and did that and I was like this is crazy I'm trying to remember what exactly how how because I remember I asked him if we could do PayPal and he but because you know PayPal goods and services is the only thing that protects you right and usually if someone doesn't accept that it means they're a scammer and I think he said he could but then he was like I'd really rather not so how about I send you the ticket first and then you can send me money through Zelle? Oh and my I was God. Like, I, was like, I was like, I was a bit sketched out. And, and like, the thing is, is like, he was asking for like, I, I think what I've figured out now was around face value, maybe even a little less. Um, and, oh, and at this point he had been like, I don't want to talk on Facebook anymore. Like text me again <laughs> at a, clearly a text app. So I downloaded a text app because I didn't want him to have my real life. <laughs> <laughs> so I started texting him on a text app too. It was great. Um, and I, so I was texting him and he's like, okay, I'm sending you the ticket. And he sends me, like he does the first ticket first. He sends me the ticket and it's real. And wow. it's in my account. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is real. So I send him the money. Um, of course, my like I try to sell him, and it's on a clearly like burner Zell account, right? Because it's like random letters at hotmail.com, which is you know one of the things that a lot of who knows, but either way, the ticket was real. So, and my my Zell account got locked because it thought that I was getting like scammed. So, my, <laughs> my you're bank, like, I think so too, but actually, <laughs> I so I had to, and I felt so bad. Like, I was like to him, I was like, Can we do Venmo? So, he has me Venmo some random account, and then that random account Venmos me my money back. <laughs> and so, huh? <laughs> I know. make it make sense. <laughs> I know. So then, then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to Venmo, I'm going to Zell you from my boyfriend's account. So I have to use my boyfriend's Zell to send this guy the money, but then it finally goes through. And, and he's like, okay, it's still showing as pending. So I'm going to wait until it clears and then we'll do the second ticket. So like two days goes by and I don't hear from this guy. So I have one ticket. Which I'm like, you know, first comes to worst, we have one ticket. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm like, but I want this second ticket. So eventually he comes back and he's like, okay, I we can do the second ticket now. He's like, but I want a bit more money. And it, thankfully, like the average, so I paid like between the two tickets, the average for basically what I paid total, um, still equaled around face value. I think it took it kind of up to like, like it would, 
it was definitely not like horribly scalped if it was Good. and i feel yeah. like i remember like seeing eras Torriso like list tickets that were almost exactly equivalent to mine but like Good. across the arena and they were even more expensive than what we paid so we either got them at face value or slightly cheaper so either way it, it wasn't a big deal but he sent me the second ticket i had to use my boyfriend's cell because mine was still frozen and i got the tickets <laughs> wow crazy. Wow, that's like a a miracle story because the way that also he took such a big risk with even sending you one ticket first like you could have been the scammer this whole time (laughs) I know I know like I like I look back at it and I'm like you know and and like I tell people whenever like they ask me how I did I'm like don't do what I did because what I did like sending money through Zelle is like I do not recommend it like if something had happened with the tickets and like somehow they got canceled or whatever like I would have lost that money I took I took a big risk but like it worked out like I remember we got to the show and I was so nervous that we were going to get to that gate and they weren't going to scan. Even though they were in my Ticketmaster, they were in my Apple wallet. I was like, what if we get all the way there and then they don't work? But nope, they worked. We got in. We had a great time. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. amazing. So the once I so once I got those tickets, um, it was before the show. But um, after I got the tickets, pretty much right after I got those tickets and had that experience, I created my account because I had learned a lot about like what scammers would do, the kinds of messages they'd send, what's the kind of look for in a screen recording that they would send you, you know, if you say, hey, you know, if they're saying they have tickets and then you ask them for a screen recording, there's a lot of like telltale signs of it being fake. So I've gotten really good at spotting those. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of prompted me to create my account originally. I was just going to use my account to kind of help people avoid scams and like help verify screen recordings and post tips and stuff. Um, And that's kind of what it was for maybe a couple weeks. And then every so often I'd have someone come to me and be like, hey, like I have tickets that I need to sell. Um, And they couldn't get a hold of some of the bigger accounts just because they would be getting so many messages. They may just not have seen it. And since I had a smaller following, they were like, I'm happy, you know, to kind of have you help me sell them. So I definitely went through a few iterations with my process and how I sell them. But um, that's kind of how people started coming to me. Um, and then obviously, since then, too, there's been other accounts that pop up. So so there are definitely a lot of good people in the community. But um, I'm very glad that I was able to kind of make my my little space when I did and that I still have it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how did you start to feel when you noticed that you were actually like making a difference? Like a lot of fans are starting to get tickets. Yeah. I know your page started to grow a lot. Yeah. It's this is like the most followers I've ever had on like a social media account ever. Um, like when I was in like high school and I had like 15,000 followers on my account that I had way back then that like has dwindled down. And I mean, even then it's mostly like accounts that haven't been used probably since like 2015. Um, uh, like that's, I thought that I had a large following then. And now I'm like slowly, but surely creeping up on like 30,000. Cause I have 28,000 right now. It's, it's been crazy. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice because I feel like I'm able to reach a lot of people and help a lot of people. And, you know, even if I can't get tickets to everyone, I can at least do my best um, to try and help prevent people from getting scammed. Whenever, whenever I'm able to, I'm trying to look through my messages, but sometimes I just get so many messages. I I do my best to kind of help people verify screen recordings they get, um, things like that. Um, Even when I don't have tickets to help sell, 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that there are so many people following me and it's crazy to think that there are so many people I've been able to help. Like, even though, you know, I wish I had 28,000 tickets to give to all my followers. Um, that is one thing that always, I always get a little sad about whenever I am selling tickets. I'm so happy for the people that do get to buy them, but then I feel so sad for the thousands of people who also tried to get them and couldn't because that's just how life goes. And, I, but I am very glad, like I've, I've probably been able to get like over a hundred people. I I, I don't have an official account. I don't have an official account, but I would say like through direct selling or giveaways, it's been over a hundred. I don't know how many people, but then, you know, I'll have people come to me and say, you know, because of the tips you posted on your account or because you helped me verify the screen recording, I was able to get tickets. So I, that's not even counting that. So I, I would think the number is pretty, pretty great. And I think that, you know, a lot of the accounts in the space uh, share tips and I, I do my best if they have, if they have good information to share that on my page as well. So w- I know we all kind of try to support each other so that, you know, even if we can't physically give you tickets, we can teach you how. And I know that there, there are some really good accounts out there who have been doing that. And I, I try to retweet them when I can. Um, yeah. You mentioned face value. Yeah. So for our listeners who may not know, face value yeah. is just the price of the ticket as it was sold. So mm-hmm. you paid $150 for a ticket, you sell it for $150 for a ticket. Yeah. So do you only sell your tickets at face value as in like what the person purchased them for? Or do you like, like if somebody's selling their tickets, mm-hmm. do you allow them to like price gauge a little bit? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So what I allow people to do on my page is they are allowed to sell for what they paid. Now, if that means they bought it, you know, from Ticketmaster at face value for $150, they can only sell it at my page for $150. Now, I haven't done this yet for the new North American leg, but I did offer this for the previous North American leg. Um, If they were to buy a ticket on, let's say, StubHub, for a thousand dollars, they could list it for what they paid. So even if it is an one hundred and fifty dollar ticket, if if they can prove to me um, that they paid a thousand dollars for it, they can list it for that. I I have mixed feelings about doing that, and and I haven't done that yet for this leg. But I'll kind of see how it goes when it gets closer because I don't want to list um, those resale price tickets uh this far away from the shows maybe when it gets closer i'll kind of have to see but i know that it did help some people but you know sometimes those prices can just be so crazy and and i don't really want to necessarily encourage people buying from stubhub um if they are planning to resell them you know you should only buy them from those reselling sites if you're planning to use them but at the same time you know maybe the tickets that someone bought are in someone's price range and me posting about it helps that connect them so it that one those that is, i'm a little more conflicted about but i i've seen some some benefits and some consequences with that but right now i'm only doing the face value uh for what they were on ticketmaster so yeah yeah and we love that i mean that's yes. amazing <laughs> because that's what they should be being exactly. sold at But so my next question is, let's say we have a listener, somebody who's listening to this podcast right now, and they have three tickets that they want to sell to Miami, and they're not selling them to us. So I don't know what's wrong with them. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, So they have three tickets to the show Miami, and they approach you to sell their tickets. What would that process be like for them? 
Yeah. So the, what I, one of the things that I really like to offer for my sellers is pretty much complete anonymity um, from start until pretty much the end. The only person that really knows who they are is whoever the selected buyer is. I kind of do all of the middleman work. Um, And sometimes the seller will remain completely anonymous in the case that they sell the ticket directly to me. So I'll kind of, I'll walk you through the whole process. So if they reach out to me, um, First, I would ask them to, you know, verify the tickets, which would mean sending me a screen recording, the email, we'll probably chat a bit just so I can kind of gauge who they are and make sure that, you know, the whole story lines up. Um, after I verify that the tickets are completely real, I'll usually, that's when I'll usually offer them the option of if they want to sell directly, if they want the money right away, um, I'll offer to buy them for off of the seller for whatever the face value price was so that I can just list it on my own time and that way they can have the money. But if they're, if they're flexible in the timing and they're willing to wait, you know, cause I like to leave my posts open for, for, uh, most of the day. Um, if they're, if they, if they have that flexibility, then I'll say, okay, cool. Like I'll just connect you with the buyer once I pick them. So then I'll list it on my account. I've gone through a couple iterations with my process and how I've done this. Um, sometimes I'll have people retweet a tweet. Other times I have them fill out a Google form. People really liked the Google form method. Yeah, um, we were fans of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I like that too. I think I think it's easier than the retweets. I think it's easier to keep track of things. So that's what I've been doing for the last few times I've done tickets. And I, I think that it's it's been working really well for me. And that's probably how I'm going to continue doing it. Um, so I'll make the listing. People basically will have, you know, I'll list them sometime around like, I don't know, noon Eastern time. And then I'll put on the tweet, you know, fill out this form if you're interested. Uh, you know, the form is going to close at 9pm Eastern. And at that time, I'm going to, you know, review the submissions. Um, and then select a buyer. So what I do then is I go through and I just kind of do like a quick high level, you know, making sure to the best of my ability that, you know, people aren't trying to enter twice. It's, it's, you know, when I get 3000 plus entries, which is typically what happens usually sometime somewhere between 2000, 3000, um, depending on, yeah, it's crazy depending on what it is. Um, I can't manually go through and make sure, but there are some ways that I can kind of verify that, you know, people aren't trying to enter twice. I, I do I do the best I can with that. Um, and then I just use a random number gen- generator. So let's say, you know, there's 2000 submissions. I just do a random number between one and 2000 and, you know, it picks, you know, 962. I then search, I go into the responses, type in 962. And I, you know, again, I look through that person, I look through their Twitter account. And it's so funny, I'll say that I make sure that they're not a scammer or bot. I'll, I'll tweet that. And then people will be like, I swear, like, I know I have no tweets. But I'm not like, a sc- <laughs> and I'm like, I always have to tell people I'm like, trust me, like, even if you're using clearly a burner account, I know what scammer accounts look like. Like, I know, I know what I'm looking for. Like, even if you have like like next to nothing on your profile, I'll know. Like it's it's right. easy to tell. You don't so, want them. <laughs> they don't have to be active on Twitter. They just right. They just can't be a scammer. <laughs> right, and usually, usually I can tell, especially yeah. by if I like search their username. Um, that has never happened. I've never had to you know redraw anything because the account was a scammer. Because usually they're not the ones entering. Um, I know there's been sometimes where I've done giveaways where like. And, and I, so 
when I when I do it with the buying, I don't announce the buyer publicly. I just direct message them privately. Um, just again to keep that anonymity. If they if they choose to post about it, then you know sometimes I'll like quote them or you know say something. But if they're if they didn't post it, um, I don't I don't publicize it. I do for giveaways. Um, the main reason for that is for accountability. Um, I don't want people thinking I'm like keeping the tickets that I'm giving away for myself. So <laughs> and I like that's that's one thing. Like I will post for giveaways. Just. Yeah, to keep me accountable, yeah, you know, yeah. prove that, you know, I'm not I'm not keeping these. I remember there was one time I had a giveaway and and both of my giveaway winners were pretty much like burner accounts, even though they they were and people were accusing them of me being the burner account. And I was like, <sighs> I already had like they were Miami tickets. And I was like, I already have Miami tickets. Like I don't that I that I got, you know, the fair way. Like I <laughs> these aren't mine. Like like that's and that's like one of the big things that I try to make very clear on my page is like I don't care, like whether you are a Twitter Swifty or not, like, I just like, if you're a Swifty, then I want to help you get to the era store. Like, I don't like, you don't need to be active on Twitter, uh, to, to buy or to win a giveaway from my page. I want it to be accessible to all. So and now back from that tangent, back to the selling process. <laughs> so, um, once that buyer is randomly selected, I verified that they are in fact a real person. Um, I'll, I'll message them and, you know, usually have a little conversation with them. And then depending on, so if, if the seller had directly sold the tickets to me, I would just facilitate the transaction with the buyer myself. You know, I would send them a screen recording because at that point I would have the ticket in my own account. Right. Um, and then they would send me the money after, you know, all is said and done. And then I would transfer them the ticket. Um, if they are buying from the seller directly, what I'll do is I'll make a group direct message with me, the buyer and the seller, and then I'll just kind of walk them through the process of, you know, saying, okay, like, you know, seller, uh, what is your PayPal information? And then I'll say, okay, buyer, go send seller X amount of money, you know, which is the face value usually plus like the 2.99% goods and service fee. Right. And then I say, okay, seller, did you get the money? And then they'll be like, yep. And so then I'll say, okay, cool. Now buyer, give them your Ticketmaster info. And then seller will be like, okay, going to send the tickets. I basically just make sure everything goes according to plan. Swiftly, um, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Nice worst choice. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So yeah, that's that is how it is. So that is one of the things that I I really like is is that anonymity that both the buyers and sellers get. Um I think it's it makes it a lot easier on the seller. They're not getting thousands of direct messages. Instead, I'm just getting thousands of responses on a Google form. Right. Right. Um, which makes it a lot easier. And the reason I leave my posts open all day is because I want people to be I like I said, like accessibility is a very important thing to me. So like, you know, I I don't say you can't get a ticket for me because you haven't been you don't have a Swifty dedicated account on Twitter. Like it's that just like anyone can be a Swifty. Anyone could want tickets to the air. Like it's, you know, as long as I know you're going to use them and you're not just going to resell them, like right. I, you, you deserve to go. So I, I'm very proactive about that. And I, I want everyone to be able to buy tickets if they want to. So that's why I like to leave my listings open all day. Um, if I just say, Hey, go direct message this person. Well, that system does have its benefits and, and I, I definitely can see the merit in it. Um, it definitely makes things go a lot faster. Um, 
and you can reach more people that way. Sometimes, you know, you can manage more sellers versus me. I definitely take a lot more. It takes a lot more time with my system. So it just, it just kind of depends. Um, but the benefit of doing it this way is that I can leave that Google form open all day. Um, if someone, you know, is in a meeting or they're at work or they're at school or they're asleep when I right. make the post with the listing, you know, usually they have around eight hours or so to fill out that form um, mm-hmm. to say, you know, I, I try to. And even then throughout the day, I'll be like, hey, in case you missed it, I have this pair of Miami tickets available. Make sure you filled out the form if you're interested. Um, so it, it just kind of makes it a little easier. So if you if you miss the initial post, you're not you're 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 not left out. So yeah. that's that's one of the benefits to doing it this way. Um, but there's you know obviously a lot of systems and and they all have their they all have their benefits. I feel like you have a pretty like streamlined process, and it's like <laughs> like not subjective, which I feel like the the whole like oh DM me and I'll pick. Right. You know, I'll pick it's, someone in my DMs. It's like, well, what am I right. supposed to say in the DM? Like, do you want a whole paragraph of like why right. I want the tickets, or do you just want, you know, like it makes it just more like, oh, what do like what do they need yep. from me? Whereas your Google form is very just like to the point. Everyone has the same questions to yep. answer, yep. and it just makes it truly like more fair and accessible, like you said. Yeah, fairness is a very big thing for me. That is why I pretty much always I do everything random. Um, you know, random number generators, my, you know, I, I have for the Google form, it's really easy because all responses are numbered for giveaways. I have a few different random generator apps that I use. Um, I have one that I really like. Sometimes if it's down, I have another one, you know, it's just, I doing, doing things randomly is, is definitely the fairest way. It's also, you know, there's a lot of, especially for giveaways, there's a lot of legal aspects around it that I don't always think people realize. Um, that's another thing. Like when I had had that incident happen where I had done a giveaway and, you know, I had announced the winners and they were clearly like burner accounts. Like they were two real people. I taught, I spoke to both of them and, you know, they were both very real fans. They're just like, we don't use Twitter. Um, you know, people, we're saying like, I don't know why you didn't just redraw till you got like Taylor Swift fan accounts. And I was like, well, you know, legal, like morally I couldn't, but also legally, if I were to get caught doing that, you can't like, that's, that's another thing I've learned a lot of in doing my account is the legality around some of these things. And like, you know, if you were to get caught redrawing winners, mm-hmm. like you can get in serious trouble for that. So I think that, you know, I, I very much value fairness, randomness, just like inclusivity on my page. I think that that's very important. Yeah, Jaina, you literally do more than <laughs> Ticketmaster does. <laughs> I try. <laughs> In this whole process, you know, with, with ticket sales, we're seeing obviously people who are new to this ticket buying experience, whether that's parents buying tickets for their kids or even younger ticket buyers, so young people who are purchasing, um, what would you say is something that you wish people would be mindful of or, you know, keep into consideration when participating in this process? So, yeah, I definitely like, it's, it's crazy to think about how the ticket buying process has changed since I was a young ticket buyer. Like I've been going to, to concerts since I was a kid. Um, granted when I was a kid, my mom was usually the one going on Ticketmaster and buying the tickets. I don't think I can even begin to imagine her trying to navigate the Taylor Swift ticket space. I I've tried to explain to her what I do on my profile and she, it, it, it baffles her. 
<laughs> like it's like I can think like I remember, you know, anytime there'd be a concert, like my dad refreshing, you know, on his computer, or my mom refreshing on her computer. And like, it's just it's so it's so crazy to think how things have changed. Um, And I can't even imagine like, gr- like being a young buyer in this or even like having to rely on like your parents to do it. I think I was. Is- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's there is so much that has changed. And I think and and I agree, there are a lot of things to be mindful of. I think um, especially when it comes to like Taylor Swift, the big thing that I learned when it comes to verified fan is it is completely random. It is completely random on whether you're going to get selected for verified fan or not. Um, the best advice I can give, and this is the advice that I took when, you know, registering for verified fan for the gut store with Olivia Rodrigo, I registered as many accounts as I could. I registered my account. I registered my boyfriend's account. I registered two of my friend's accounts. I registered my parents' accounts. Like I registered, I had so many people register for me. And even then only like, I got lucky in that I had two of the accounts that I registered get selected, but like most people didn't even get one. Mm -hmm. So like it was, it was crazy. So that's one of the biggest things I can say is like, you know, this is never anything I would have thought of when I was younger. This like registering a bunch of accounts to being able to like get tickets. Like that's just not a thing. Um, but it is now. Um, especially because when it comes to what those scalpers will do is, is crazy. Um, And I think, so that's, that's the first thing, um, when it comes to actually buying tickets specifically for Taylor Swift, I will say, if you do get verified fan and you make it into those sales, get in there as fast as you can and buy tickets as fast as you can. Like, unfortunately, like this is not one of those ones where you can kind of pick and choose. Like you have to go so fast. Like there's, there's been a couple of times where like all have been in the sale, usually because I'm driving an account because my account always gets waitlisted. Um, <laughs> but when I'm driving someone else's account, um, like you, you just have to move so fast And there. And there are some good accounts out there that, that have some, uh, very good, uh, tips for how to do that, that I, I try to repost them, but they, they've, they've done a lot of research into it. Um, so Like that's, so that's my tips for that. And then obviously another very important thing is to avoid scams. There are so many people out there that will want to scam you. Like it is, it is crazy to me how much these, like the lengths that these people will go to. Like, I remember I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago who got scammed by an account. Like the girl literally was FaceTiming her, like as she scammed her. Like it was crazy. And like, and I feel like, you know, every couple of weeks I get, you know, explained to me a new scammer tactic. Like they're like, oh, I almost got scammed like this. And it'll be a completely new thing that I've never heard a scammer say before. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that one before. Like they just get smarter. Like at one point they were like, and I, I think they still use this is they have their own like fake Ticketmaster app that they like download on their phones for the screen recordings. It doesn't even look like Ticketmaster. Like it's like, I'm like, I don't even know what they're doing. Or like there was one time that like someone, like I always tell people if someone is like recording themselves on their laptop, don't trust that because what they've done is they'll like code their own Ticketmaster and host it locally on their machine. So I'm, I'm a software developer by trade. So I like, I remember one time I was watching one and I saw like, this is going to get technical, but I saw a little thing that said local host, which means that they're hosting the website locally on their machine. Mm-hmm. So like, like I was like, this isn't even the real Ticketmaster. This is the local host Ticketmaster. 
<laughs> like it was crazy, but it's like, you know, if you didn't know that, you I mean, I would have never known that. So, <laughs> right. Like, and, and the thing is, is like the URL looked okay, but I remember I, I saw it very briefly hover over before it changed and it said local host. And I was like, this is being hosted local. Like this is, this is not the real Ticketmaster. This is code they're running on their computer to look like Ticketmaster, but not real Ticketmaster. So, wow. and that's just, I mean, one of the like millions of ways I've seen these scammers operate. So it's, it's crazy. So I think the biggest thing there is to just be careful. Always like always trust your gut. If something is too good to be true, it probably is. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there for, for every real person with Taylor Swift tickets, there's probably a thousand scammers. Like it's, it's unfortunate that that's the truth. Um, but that's unfortunately, that's pretty much how I've seen it become. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was actually kind of similar to the question that I was going to ask. I think yeah. it's just important maybe if we talk about and yeah. let our listeners know like some of the biggest red flags to look for in scammers. Like I'm hoping that anybody who's listening to this episode, if you want to sell your tickets or you want to purchase yeah. them like via reseller, you mm -hmm. go through an account like Jaina. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like Jaina's probably the one that I trust the most. So I would hope that you, you listen to this episode <laughs> and look for Jaina. But if you are going to buy your tickets, yeah. like what are some things that we can do to look out for for scammers? Because we've talked about it with our listeners mm -hmm. in the past, but coming yeah. from somebody who sees it all the time, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, that is that is a great question, and hopefully, I'm I'm able to to touch on everything that I want to touch on. So the the biggest thing is getting a screen recording. However. Scammers have found ways to adjust their screen recordings, to crop the screen recordings, to try and to try and make it look more realistic to an untrained eye. I know at first I I never felt victim to a scam, but I would look at a screen recording and be like, that looks kind of realistic. But I would never send them the money because usually they'd say they don't accept PayPal goods and services. So that's one of the first things is is getting that screen recording. Um becoming very vigilant of what a real one looks like mm -hmm. so that you know what you're looking for. You know, like one thing that's been kind of nice is Ticketmaster updated recently. And so the tickets page looks completely different. So now whenever someone sends me a screen recording, if it's using like the old Ticketmaster look instantly, I know it's a scam because I'm like, Ticketmaster doesn't look like that anymore. Mm. Um, so like, and thankfully like the scammers haven't caught up to it yet. I mean, some have, but a lot haven't. Um, other common things are, you know, timestamps being cropped out. You know, the little bar across the top of your phone that says the time. Sometimes people crop that out because, you know, there would be an inconsistency in time. That always means a scam. Um, you know, the other main thing that I'll look for is the... So when they go from the homepage of Ticketmaster to the tickets page, the bottom menu across the bottom, that will jump. Even if it's just like a single pixel, it jumps. If you can catch that, that means it's a video crop together. It should not jump. The real Ticketmaster, it's not going to jump a single pixel. Like it's, it is like, they've gotten good. There are some, I mean, there are some that it's just very clearly, you know, it jumps a, like a lot of pixels, but sometimes it'll just be like one or two pixels. And it's like, I notice it, but that's because I've seen so many videos and I, I, I can't even fault people for not catching it because it is so slight. Um, there's also, you know, I, if you've never used Ticketmaster before, or if, even if you have, you know, learning how Ticketmaster looks, um, 
the the transitions between different things, you know, the transition, like what the app looks like when you go from the home page to the ticket page. Sometimes I'll see cropped videos that like have them do kind of like a crossfade effect. And it's like, that's not, that's not how Ticketmaster works. It's just like a simple, it just cuts. Like it's not a crossfade. Um, sometimes I'll see like weird trans, it's like when they're scrolling through the tickets on their profile, it'll have you know, some weird transition, like it'll be like you're scrolling through a camera roll instead of scrolling through the tickets. And I'm like, this is someone clearly scrolling through their camera roll. Like, come on, guys. so like, like it's there, there are so many things that they try. And, and again, to an untrained eye, they might think it's real. And it's, it's, you know, it, <laughs> there are so many things that these scammers will do. So I think learning what take, like what Ticketmaster really looks like and like, understanding what to look for in a screen recording, I think that's a big thing. Second thing, um, if for any reason they do not accept PayPal goods and services, run. Like, they are a scammer. Like, any real seller will accept PayPal goods and services. There is no legitimate excuse as to not. Like, it takes... 10 seconds to sign up for a PayPal account. Like, even if they try to say like, oh, the money's going to be frozen for 21 days. Who cares? You're still going to get your money. Right. So like, if they try to say like, the money's going to get frozen, like I want to be able to access it now. Okay, find someone else. Like if if that's the excuse they're going to use, like, yes. Like, and, and that and that is one thing I'll clarify is, you know, people, people will use that as an excuse and say like, oh, well, if your account's new, the money will be frozen for like, I think it's 21 days or something like that. And that is true. PayPal, if you've never used your PayPal or you've only used it a little bit, um, if you get a goods and services payment with that, um, like with a large amount of money, PayPal's going to, it's not flagging it, but kind of flagging it. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll just hold on to the money for 21 days and then they'll release it to you. You don't have to do anything. No one has to do anything. It just takes it just, you know, they're making sure it's all good. Um, if you have an account that you've been using for a long time, that won't happen. I've been using my PayPal account for years. I use it for everything. So like anytime someone sends me money with goods and services, I'm able to access it right away. But if you have a new account, but again, if a, if someone tries to tell you that that's the reason they won't uh, use PayPal goods and services, not a good excuse. There is There is no good excuse as to why you can't use PayPal goods and services. Not friends and family, uh, not PayPal donation links. Um, that's another thing is I had someone try to like, like before, again, before I had my account back when I was searching for those Cincinnati tickets, I had someone try to send me like a PayPal donation link. And like, they were like, you can do goods and services through this. So I'm like, no, I can't. And I was <laughs> They're like, really out here trying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Um, like you, you have to make sure it is goods and services. Um, nothing else, nothing other than PayPal goods and services. And another thing, that I remember I found this was a random tactic that came out months into me having my account is scammers would be like, okay, like, yeah, I'll accept PayPal goods and services. And then, you know, the person will send them the money and they'll be like, okay, I can't access the money yet. But um, if you go to your account and release the money by saying that you got the goods, then I'll get the money and then I'll send you the ticket. So if you go in and you've paid PayPal goods and services and you release the money saying I received my goods, then you can't get it back. Mm. And that's how they scam you using PayPal goods and services. Another way to get scanned via PayPal goods and services is if for some reason PayPal decides to side with the scammer. That doesn't happen very much. 
But, you know, whenever people ask me if PayPal goods and services will like protect you 100% of the time, I try to say like 95%. You know, I have heard some very edge cases of PayPal goods and services, like with PayPal um, siding with the scammer, but that does not happen very often. Like it's, it it is a, it is an edge case. Um, It may even be, you know, 99% effective. Like I, I I don't want to say, I don't want to promise anyone that it's going to protect them all like 100% of the time, but it is it is the safest way to do it by far. And if you are scammed, that is the unless you've used PayPal goods and services, the odds of you getting your money back are slim. Um, so yeah, any excuse to not use PayPal goods and services, run because that's just a scammer. Um, a couple other little things: if they try to show you, if they if they refuse to give you a screen recording of the tickets in Ticketmaster, it's a scam. If they're only showing you a confirmation email, either in a screenshot or a screen recording fake confirmation emails alone without tickets without proof of tickets are always fake um screenshots always fake always get a screen recording um and it has to be of the tickets in ticketmaster and make sure it's them going from your messages to the tickets in ticketmaster not just a video of ticketmaster um because it could be cropped um and then Try to get to know the person that you're buying the tickets from, even if it's just in a little bit, but like trying to say like, hey, why are you selling these tickets? Like these are the kind of conversations I'll have with my sellers as well. It's like, why are you selling the tickets? Um, You know, one of the big things that I've noticed with scammers, and again, this isn't all scammers um, and not saying that this means that they're a scammer, but a lot of them will be speaking like English that is very hard to understand. Um, usually meaning that they're using Google Translate of some kind. Again, just because someone doesn't speak good English, like does not mean they're a scammer. And and I always feel so it gets so difficult to try and explain that because, you know, just because someone speaks broken English does not mean that they're a scammer. Um, it's but unfortunately the overlap between the two, it 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 can be a correlation sometimes. And you know, if I see someone, you know, who sends me like a conversation they're having with a quote unquote seller. And, you know, I can barely understand the English that the seller is saying because it just, it just doesn't make sense. They're using vocabulary that just doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. a native speaker. Um, it, it's that in itself isn't a red flag because again, just because they don't, they're not, they're not. No, of course. No, first, just because English isn't their first language or something like a, not a language they're familiar with, it doesn't mean they're automatically a scammer, but that with other factors, yeah, um, it 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 can it can definitely raise raise the red flag when when combined with some of the other things that I've mentioned. Um, so, and they'll use like a lot of the same kind of language. Um, like I remember if they say like kindly DM me, like kindly was like that's a red flag. Where like that, like like there were there were a few others. Or like if they're calling you dear, like like those they have they've kind of stopped doing that. But when I first made my account, like that was I would see like kindly, and so like that just became like a huge meme for a while. Is like just saying kindly because like that was what scammers would say. I don't know why that's the word they would use, but that was a, that was a word that like like if you saw that in a message, that's how you knew it was a scam. Like it was like it's that just, was like number one red flag (laughs) yeah it was so funny so like it's it is it it is very hard to tell and then at the end of the day like if you if you are unsure and you know after everything I've said here and you're still afraid and you still are not sure there are people who will help you look at the screen recordings like I know I'm one um and if I for some reason don't see your direct message 
uh, tweet me because that's another thing too, is like, sometimes I just get so many direct messages and I miss them. If you tweet me and say, Hey, I sent you a screen recording via DM, then I'll go and see it because then I, then it will be right in the forefront of my mind. Um, but there's other accounts that will do that too. Um, I know, I believe some of the other resale accounts will as well. Uh, just make sure it's a, it's a real resale account. There are a lot of scam ones out there too. Um, <laughs> no one is safe. No, it, they're really it's hard. hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard out there. It is like there are so many fake resale accounts, and like I, I do my best to try and get them suspended when I see them. But like you know, it's like there was one that had scammed so many people, and then like because it looked so real because they would post these fake giveaways, and they have like three thousand followers because of these fake giveaways, and so their account looked real. And then I finally got them suspended. They were one of the people that was like coming after me at the beginning of this year because they were so mad that I had been. I don't even know if I I wasn't even the only person that was like coming after them. But like I was like maybe like don't steal money from people, and then you won't get your account suspended. Right. Like, I don't like, know what to try tell you, that. <laughs> Like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, too, a lot of the Facebook groups where it's like, oh my God. yeah, Facebook is a really, really, really dangerous place for oh. scammers. Yeah. The Facebook groups with the comments off, like oh, the public yeah. comments off, but then the posts of like selling this ticket, DM oh, me, yeah. and no one can comment. That's always just, oh my gosh. yeah. I remember yeah. one time when I was, because like, like I said, I found my tickets in a Facebook group, which again is still the funniest thing because I tell anyone that and they're like, how? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like there, like there were a couple groups I was in and I remember there was one group I was in and there was this guy who was like the admin of that group. And it, he was like the admin of like a bunch of resale groups. Like, I think he was also the admin of like a Beyonce resale group. <laughs> and I remember I took a screenshot of it and I like sent his profile to someone and in one of the other groups I was in, they're like, oh yeah, that guy's like a very well-known scammer. And I remember it was so funny because I had messaged him and I was like, hey, like I'm interested in the Taylor Swift tickets before I knew he was a scammer. And I like, I asked him for a screen recording. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time sending you a screen recording. And I was like, do you accept PayPal goods and services? He's like, it's 20, like this was 2023 at the time. He's like, it's 2023. No one's using PayPal anymore. Okay. Like the guy was so mean. I'm like, how are how are you scamming people if this is your attitude? Like, at least try. Like, at least say kindly. Come on now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy wasn't even trying. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I think you gave a really good point though, which like it's one that like is obvious when you say it out loud, but then like doesn't seem obvious of like <clears throat> understanding what a real ticket looks like before yeah. you get a fake ticket mm -hmm. because like we're a lot of people are looking for tickets yeah. because they don't have a ticket in their right. ticket master so yeah. what a ticket might look like a ticket master ticket right would if look like yeah. but it's not so right. like that was a really good point and like one that might be just harder to find something to compare it to but right and and i know that like i've tried to post some like watermarked videos of like here is what a real screen recording looks like here's what a real ticket looks like that's helpful um, and always try to make sure it's watermarked because again you don't want people stealing those um and claiming them as their own right um I know I posted that. There's a few other accounts who have posted them as well. Um, it's crazy. But yeah, I always definitely recommend like reaching out to someone who if 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 it's not 
very clearly fake to you and and you really do believe it um before sending money even never send money unless it's through paypal goods and services like i i like that is my soapbox and i will i will i will die on that hill is like mm-hmm. don't send money unless it's through paypal goods and services like nothing else is going to protect you venmo goods and services explicitly does not cover concert tickets venmo goods and services not good Wait, that's so funny because I literally pulled up Venmo goods and services while you were talking and I was like, it's too complicated. I won't ask her, but I was going to ask, like, how does that work? I remember someone someone else had done the digging because it wasn't me, but I I forget who it was, but it was one of the other accounts in the space. And they had said, like, it explicitly does not cover concert tickets. So (laughs) I I don't remember the exact verbiage, but like it it is not protective of uh, concert tickets. So you sell. Yeah. Venmo wow. services won't protect you. So that is that is the soapbox that I will stand on. I will preach that. I will say that till the day I die. Like, don't <laughs> send money unless it's through PayPal goods and services. If there's anything that anybody learned here today, it's right. avoid the word kindly and only pay through <laughs> PayPal goods and services. Correct. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sammy, did you have a question? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, thinking about it, I would never want my parents to go through this. Oh, God, me either. It's just so, so tech advanced, so complicated, so niche. Like, I'm not saying that they're not, like, capable, but. Oh, yeah. No, I get what you mean. My my parents could never. Like, my, my, my mom is pretty tech savvy. But, like, even then, I feel like this would be just beyond what she would, would like, what she would have to know when it comes to it. And that my, my dad is, my dad is a, is a boomer and he's a boomer when it comes to technology. That man has had his, he, he's been through the ringer with his technology. He is, he is not the best. <laughs> There's, a, he, there is no way it would go well for him, but he knows, but like, he knows that. And so, like, like, you know, it's, I I can't even imagine if they were having to do this right now. Like, I'm glad that I'm the one that's doing it. It's just insane that you even have to do that, though. Like, dedicate so much of your time to, like, having to do this. When, like, when we were in middle school, Renee's mom would just get us the tickets and our parents would just send the cash. Like, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how it was for me growing up, too. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm so happy that you are doing it because you're protecting a lot of people and there's so many people that wouldn't even know these problems exist. Mm -hmm. So just posting the pictures, posting the videos, the recs and putting them in line with an actual valid seller Mm -hmm. is the best thing. And I'm so happy that you exist and you create space and so grateful thank you we are very very grateful for you and your page and we are always on there always looking (laughs) for tickets so we're in the struggle too you know i feel like some some people wrongly assume that like just because like just because you love taylor so if you automatically know how to get tickets you automatically have tickets like no we're all on the same struggle bus babe yeah Yep. Yeah. It's every, every, we are all out here struggling. Like it is, Mm -hmm. it is crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very glad that this space exists. Um, I'm glad that I can be a part of it and I'm, I'm thankful for all the other accounts, the real ones out there (laughs) that are, that are doing, doing all the amazing things that they're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky that I get to be a part of it. Like it's, there's there's a lot of awesome people that I've learned from and I, I try to shout them out on my page when I can. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of great people out there. 
We absolutely appreciate it. We appreciate you even coming on the show and giving us your time to explain to our listeners what to avoid, to help everybody get tickets. That being said, if our listeners are looking to sell their tickets or purchase tickets, enter a giveaway, that kind of thing, where should they follow you? Where should they find you? How can they interact with you? Yeah, so definitely the main place is Twitter or, you know, X, whatever Elon wants to call it. (laughs) Um, So that is at the at symbol eras underscore resale. Uh, that's my, that's my Twitter. That's kind of the hub of everything. I do have an Instagram. I don't post on it all that much, but it's at that girl, Jaina. I've po- I've done some, I did a live on there when I, when I won uh, a giveaway from Flavor Flav. Um, so, so people, people do know that's my Instagram. That's, that's where that video is. Um, so those, those are like my two main that I, that I have. Um, but Twitter is definitely the, the, the main place where you will find me, um, messaging me on there. Um, that is, that is the best place to, to find me is at eras underscore resale. And Perfect. last and most important question, what Flavor Flav giveaway did you win? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I must this, know. So so this is like this was like maybe like a month or so ago. So he had like tweeted about how he had a bunch of like Flavor Flav reputation themed stuff that he had just like bought. And he's like, I'm just going to like give it away to someone like comment below who I should give it to. And I, a bunch of people started tagging me and then I was like, oh my God, like if I've ever helped you like go tag me below, I would love to win this. Uh-huh. And so like, I think over like a hundred people ended up tagging me. And so then, and then I got reached out to and they were like, you win the giveaway. Like, l- like, let me send you the stuff. So I have... I got a bunch of cute little things. Um, the 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 best thing that one the the two most iconic things I got where I got um, a signed f- photo photo of him personalized with my name on it and everything, and then I also got this T shirt that so they get all of his custom shirts from Swifty small businesses. So he he has this one shirt that they had had made for him that then they also made a matching one for me. So I have that. It's, it's so, it's, yeah, it's awesome. That's iconic. You deserve. Uh, I, I like, I died when I won that. Like that was, it's like, that's like my favorite crossover is Flavor Flav and Taylor Swift. Best, best thing. <laughs> I love it. We're going to have to have Flavor Flav on the pod. Oh my God. You know, you probably could, like, you know, he's, he's, He's he's everywhere. That's what is that's his song. He's everywhere, man. So, you know, he very well could be. I'll work on it. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Jaina. On behalf of us and the entire Swifty community and everybody that you've helped get tickets, sell their tickets, all of it. We appreciate it and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that about wraps up this week's episode of the T-Swift Sisters podcast. Before we log off, please remember to follow our podcast on your favorite listening platform by clicking the plus button next to our show. Give us a rating, download the episode so you can listen offline. Follow us on social media for live Taylor Swift news updates and to be absolutely fed with all the content of Taylor and Travis because I popped off on our social media this weekend. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at T-Swift Sisters Pod or Twitter at T-Swift Sisters. If you are a Twitter user, do not forget to follow Jaina at eras underscore resale so that you can try and get your hands on tickets if you haven't or you can sell your tickets 
to a Swifty who's looking for them for face value. Thanks so much for savoring this week's Swift Scoop. We hope you've had your fill of all things Taylor Swift, and we will see you next week right here on the T-Swift Sisters podcast. Bye. 